All right. Well, hey, guys. Welcome to, yes, we're back, the Practicing the Practices series on our podcast. Thanks so much for hanging in with us as we took a little bit of a siesta from the podcast as we were having a few things going on in the life of church, man. Night of Revival, which was amazing. Yes. Uh, we had the Dream Clock stuff we were involved in, which was amazing. And um, yeah, things are going things are going strong. I've got my uh, two faithful comrades with me, um, Sam and Lindsay. What's up, guys? Hello, hello. Hello. We are going to do our best to practice these practices as we're in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> because what we're wanting to do today, we haven't talked about three very port- important inner world ordering practices that are mission critical uh, in the rhythm of a life of a believer as we're moving towards godliness. And that would be prayer. We have to be a people who pray. That would be the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that we need to be a people who are filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can operate with what God is doing. And we talked about silence and solitude. So we've got three kind of big, could stand alone, be their own books, uh, topics. And full disclosure, we are not going to get into the nuance of all of them. Uh, we are going to probably just be scratching the surface, but our hope and again, our desire through this whole series and especially the series on the podcast is just be another entry point for you to get some helpful tools where these can be things that you transition from hearing about them to actually doing them like very practically. What do these things look like in our life? I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. Desire is usually not our issue. It's not that we're like, man, you know what? I don't really want to do these things. We often do. We just don't know how they actually manifest themselves in our life. So let's start with uh, our resident hip hop historian, Miss Lindsay Falls. Yep. Lindsay, when you hear the phrase, we need to pray. What does that do in you, and what do you feel like our response is to that challenge? I think that when we say we need to pray, we often have that feeling of, okay, I need to like grit my teeth and get out my list and look at the microwave clock every two minutes to make sure that I'm praying long enough. But I think that true prayer is actually energized by the spirit Amen. it's it's not something that we grit our teeth to do it might require some discipline up front but if you try it and you actually come in with the posture of i'm going to be honest with god and not mm-hmm. feel like i have to have this prayer that sounds good or i say what i think god wants me to say or i just get through this list of stuff but it's really like i'm just going to be honest with god about all these different aspects of my life right now and we'll see how he moves and there are specific things we're going to ask for but also i think one of the biggest barriers that can often just be our own heart posture is that we forget to be honest with god mm. Lindsay, so. i know that prayer has been something that has really been stirring in you over the past couple of weeks. There was a a deposit mm-hmm. of something new that yeah. God's planted in you. Uh, where has your prayer life taken you as you've been leaning into 
what God's been doing in you more recently? I would say I have had to grow in just my knowledge of myself in prayer. Mm. So I want like this fiery, hot intercession, contending before the throne, prevailing prayer, old school Pentecostal prayer life. Yeah. That's that's what I want. Right. And I believe and I see in the Bible and I see throughout history that people that experienced heaven touching earth, massive breakthroughs, salvations breaking out, healings breaking out, anyone that had a significant impact in advancing the kingdom on earth, everyone will say it was prayer. Yeah. Mm, Not it was preaching, not it was fasting. I mean, fasting is often in combination with prayer. Not it was silence and solitude, but it was prayer. Right. Mm -hmm. And because the desire of my heart is the result of prayer, I will pray. Mm -hmm. And so I have realized if I want to do that, it honestly takes me about 20 minutes of dryness, of boringness, of I don't feel like Mm. anything special is happening right now. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) This doesn't feel like heaven's coming to earth before I finally start getting traction. Can you tell me what is going on in those 20 minutes? Like, like, can you get really, really practical? Are you sitting quietly before the Lord? I'm sitting Do you have quietly. A list? Do you, what, what's it look like? I'm sitting quietly before the Lord. I know that I want to pray, but I'm just starting to pray real generally and real vaguely, real just mm. God touch Antioch, touch Austin, touch our home. And then I, I often, Okay, so this is my favorite book of all time that I've read many, many times. It's called Principles of Prayer by Charles Finney. It's Mm. very easy to read. The chapters are like a page and a half. And I get out... No excuses, my friends. Yeah, no no excuses. excuses. This is easy to read. This is... It takes me just like one minute to like read, refresh something. And then I'm like, yep, that's what I want. That's what I'm going for. And I get ideas from that book where he often talks about you have to pray with strong desire Mm -hmm. if you don't have any desire you first get desire Mm. you first get burdened with what the heart of Mm. the lord is burdened for and then you find scripture and you pray and you press in and you prevail until you see it come to pass and until is key not not Mm. not for 20 minutes I'm talking if it's going to take me 10 years to pray for what I want to see in Austin, then it's going to take yeah. me 10 years. Yeah. Come on. I'm going to prevail until I see the breakthrough. And part of me is that I am extremely stubborn. So I have become <laughs> sanctified in my stubbornness. Come on. And I am strong-willed about God's will. And I will not back down until I see what I believe he said will happen. Yeah. So I think it's important to note because what Lindsay is talking about is I I would say God is giving you a gift of intercession and oftentimes when you hear like oh my gosh dude like I want to see heaven touch earth and then you're like well my prayer life is more revolving around can my child not lie, Lord? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, can I? Um, and I think I love the fact that it it's both, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is, what, what I hear you saying is what God's teaching you is that the passionate, unending, 
desire for longing in intercession actually comes from the seeds of being obedient to pray every day and to to come before the Lord sometimes when you feel like it or when mm-hmm. you don't and say, mm-hmm. you know what, like I'm doing this because mm-hmm. of what I want to see happen yeah. in my family, in my city, in my church, whatever it is. And I, I think that for for us, if for those of us who are listening to this going, you know what, that feels like getting my PhD in prayer. And you might be like, man, I'm just trying to get my first grade or my kindergarten <laughs> diploma in prayer yeah. or whatever. I actually would say the approach is the same. It, it is get a tool. I love that you brought up, what was the name of that book? Principles of Prayer. Principles of Prayer. Get a tool. This is awesome. Get a book on prayer or a book of prayers. Mm-hmm. This is I do this all the time. And use that as a jumping point. Mm-hmm. When I feel like I don't have any words or passion or whatever, desire, mm-hmm. if I can jump on the bandwagon of a prayer that someone else has prayed Mm -hmm. and read that, it will oftentimes ignite something Mm -hmm. within me. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I want to get to you in a minute, but this is popping into my mind. Lindsay, we talked yesterday a little bit about revival wells, and I, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a, there's a synergy, if we could use that word kind of feel like that's a mocked word but mm-hmm. there there's a they they seem to go together of mm-hmm. like places where god has moved mm-hmm. and when you go to those places you experience him in a unique way mm-hmm. i i know we found out that in the 1950s i think maybe 50s or 60s at a little school in Seattle called Seattle Pacific University, mm-hmm. there was this Anglican priest who started praying for students to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And revival broke out on Seattle Pacific University. We found out that it happened in this little chapel mm-hmm. on campus. And we went there. We we're like, dude, we're going to go there and pray. Mm-hmm. And when we, we, we just like, put on some worship music and sat in the pews. It was small. It was not a big building. And it was like as soon as the worship music started, it was like you're you're drawing from something that was already there. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it, it pushes you into a different place, right? It yes. throws you into a different place. Lindsay, I know the Lord speaks to you, gives you a lot of really cool prophetic insight. When you're thinking about learning how to be someone who's prevailing in prayer, Mm-hmm. Do you think that we're also digging our own wells? Yes. You know, so like the next, like, so like as right now, you might feel like you're shoveling dirt and you're like, man, this is doesn't feel like much, but then like in 10 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've heard stories of people going into homes that they're looking at purchasing and walking in the closet and being like, whoa, like I felt the presence of God in the closet and mm-hmm. then come to find out it was some... Prayer closet. Prayer closet that yeah. someone been praying in for 50 years every single day, you know? So mm-hmm. like how, t- talk, just what's going on in your brain right now when you're when you're hearing that and thinking about that and the importance of it? Yeah. Well, prayer transcends time and time. Mm. So prayers that were prayed 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, those prayers aren't dead. 
Wow. There, those prayers are actually still alive. And prayer actually releases something in the spirit that cannot be unlocked any other way. Uh, dimensions of the presence of God. Like you said, you felt the presence of God when you came to a specific location. And when there has been a well dug, meaning like there were people who prayed there, who fasted there, who contended there, when we come to those places, whether it's a city, a prayer closet, a church, we have access to their well. And so we can actually begin to pray and start digging our own well, what they spent years probably digging, and we can reap the answers to the prayers that they prayed. Wow. So. Wow. So, I mean, if that doesn't inspire you to start <laughs> digging a well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, come on. That's, uh, that's awesome. so, so amazing. Sam, um, what about you, man? What, how is prayer marked you what's god been stirring in you about prayer like just take us into your world a little bit yeah uh i mean prayer is so essential in the life of a believer but i know personally like when i was growing in my faith even recently like it wasn't really that big in my life as maybe some other principles and other um just different disciplines were but recently i found myself really digging deep into what prayer is and how to use it. Mm. And I feel like it just goes in, in line with where we are as a church and just where we are in terms of what God is trying to do through us and what God has spoken to us and through us. And I think that's almost caused a lot of that. It's like almost rubbed off mm. on, on, on each other, on, on us. And the Lord has really been showing me how much prayer is essential in seeing a move of God like Lindsay is, is speaking on, like mm -hmm. revival. I've actually been looking into revivals again and, and looking at the history of the early church. And like, it, yeah, you're, you're so right. Like every single move of God came from an openness and this just humility of like, God, we need you. And it's only through us coming to you. If it's an hour, if it's five hours, if it's five years to pray over, maybe just this, this one thing over and over and over mm -hmm. again, but God moves every single time. Yeah. And that's inspired me and has pushed me to be like, all right, what can I do in that way? Like the well, like what is my well? And, and how can I start praying and contending for something right now? And, and the Lord has been showing me what those areas are, and he's been breaking my heart for certain things. And I love, like, the practical thing of you said that, you know, you have to look at what God's desire is, and you got to look at Scripture. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what I've been doing without even hearing you say that. It's so funny that, mm -hmm. like, the Lord, like, the Holy Spirit has been leading me. Like, these are the things that my heart is breaking for, and these are where you can find it in my, in my word. Mm -hmm. And I found myself just like praying over scriptures and praying over like looking at stories in the past of, of what God did through certain people. I've been really like focusing in on the Israelites when they were coming out of Egypt and looking at like what they were going through when they were going to the promised land and their journey and, and just praying over our church, over our youth, like God, like let us be the people, like let mm -hmm. us be that people. Let us really go back to the heart of what real prayer is and contending for something and not just hearing a word, but like really putting that word in action, I think that right now, like that's what the Lord's been showing me and in a lot of us in our church. Like I said, I think yeah. it's it's rubbing off. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really rubbing off with, with us, especially coming out of Nights of Revival. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm super excited for and, and expecting to see what God will do with that. Yeah, I, I, I think really, really practically, you know, you mentioned something like praying the word of God. 
one of the most impactful things that I ever did and still do is just take a passage of scripture and pray it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just read it, pray it, read it, pray it line by Mm -hmm. line. Just Mm -hmm. Lord, you're my shepherd. You, God, you really are. Yeah. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. a, it is a realigning of your spirit um, with, with truth in such a powerful way. And I, I would just say there's a few things that have been mentioned that are jumpstart moments for you. If you're like, man, all right, tomorrow I really want to start digging a well. Yeah. I really want to start praying. Man, there's a million prayers that you can get online. Open your Bible to Psalm 103, pray it. Mm-hmm. Psalm 23, pray it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans 8, pray it. Romans 5, and pray it. I mean, there's nothing like praying the word of God and prayers, you know, I, we're going to transition here to silence and solitude and it's a muscle prayers, a muscle, mm-hmm. like we have to build it and what the word of God does and what some books about prayer and people who have really dug some wells in their life in prayer. And they've written books that have prayers in them. It basically is us like picking up the prayer dumbbell mm-hmm. and, and lifting and working out. Right. Mm-hmm. And being like it. And eventually guess what? You can write your own workouts. Once you've been working mm-hmm. out for a long time, you yeah. can write your own workouts. But if you're just getting into the gym, you really need somebody to be like, Hey, you know what? Do this. So do mm. this next or yep. do it like this. And that's what praying the word of God and these different resources do for us as they strengthen us. All right. So here we go. Silence and solitude. Lindsay's favorite. Yep. <laughs> um, my now favorite, young JD, not favorite, old JD, definitely the fave. Uh, Sam, <laughs> where are you at on this spectrum? It's probably my favorite one. Really? Yeah. Wow, we're just a little a table of silence and solitude people, man. So <laughs> good. Yep. Um, this one, Lindsay, I want you to, Sam, you're a young married. Lindsay, you have little kids. These are two <laughs> points. If you're single, this one's easy. Mm-hmm. To, when you're... <laughs> Figuring out marriage rhythms, which is a lot of people in our church, and mm-hmm. yeah. we've got a lot of little children running around this yep. place. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam, we'll start with you. Like, what does silence and solitude look like in the context of your life, having a wife, having a job, talking to my kids at nine o'clock on how to <laughs> how to start YouTube channels? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's it's super important to note that. Silence and solitude for me when I was single is very different than how it is now. Very, very different. (laughs) And I mean, even just prior to just being married, I'll I'll say that because Siomi will tell you, my wife will tell you when we were together, how much that was really big in my life. And because I'm naturally very introverted. And that was something that just kind of came naturally to me. I feel like if you're an introvert, silence and solitude is like your thing because you already do it. But for someone who is an extrovert, it may be harder, but I found that as I am now a married man, how different I approach that and how I have to make time for that. As mm. to before, it, I mean, I was always just kind of in that zone. Right. I would just do it without even knowing it was a spiritual discipline, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm in a new rhythm, I'm in a very new season. I've had to fight for that time, just like we have to fight for our time for prayer, fight for, you know, being able to be consistent in fasting. All our spiritual disciplines, we have to fight for those. But I've found that the best way that I have continued to exercise that muscle is to not look at how much time I'm having, but how 
I guess I would say how intentional that is. So mm. if it's instead of where I used to go like 30 minutes to three hours just being by myself. Now it's like, all right, can I just take 10 minutes to really shut everything off mm-hmm. and just be with God, mm-hmm. which is really hard, right. especially now with the phones and, you know, with with social media and things like that, with things, th- what's happening in the world right now. Like, it's so hard to, like, just silence yourself. Mm-hmm. But I found that even if it's just five minutes a day when I'm walking my dog, like, that's good. When I'm driving, and it's so funny because our car doesn't have an ox right now, so we don't listen to music. So we just list, we just stay in the silence. Yeah. And honestly, like we're doing it there. Like that's a really easy and practical way of doing it. Just making very small increments, like baby steps. Mm-hmm. And then of course, eventually maybe you can get to the one hour. Maybe you can get to the, a whole day of silence and solitude yeah. and be a monk. But I mean, as of right now, it's just really finding small doable rhythms. Yeah, that's good. Lindsay, Sam mentioned it. When you add a person to the equation, it can shift it. Oh yeah. When you add little people, <laughs> it can really shift it. And I, I know that you know we talked about soul exhaustion on Sunday, talking mm. about silence and solitude. And I even made the joke when I was reading the description: "Isn't this just life with little kids?" Because yeah, <laughs> they seem to mirror one another. This is a huge value of yours, a practice that you are really committed to. How do you balance being an extraordinary mom, which you are, and valuing this practice? Mm. Honestly, so I'm in a different season now because my kids are in school. Can I get an amen for school? That's awesome. <laughs> I, I just want to say, if you're like, all my kids are home with me all day, that is a different world. So I, but here's the thing. I am thriving, I would say, in this season of being a mom because I have those that time mm. while they're in school. So I'm filling up on silence and solitude then. But if you were going to backtrack and catch me a couple years ago, I mean, I would have to literally go on a walk and get out of the house or go to the grocery store. I know sometimes I would say, like, hey, Brian, I need to run to the store for just like one thing and I'd come back like an hour later or something because, <laughs> because I would just like get there and I'm like, I'm just going to sit in the car for just like 10 minutes. Oh my gosh, sitting in the car. All right, hold on, side note. <laughs> okay, yeah. Liz will pull in our driveway and sit in the and car. And sit in the car. And like my office, all right? So like I when I work on my sermons from my home office on Wednesday and Thursday morning. And so I can see our driveway. <laughs> and so I can see her and I just get so frustrated. Like, what? are you doing like i'll see her and she's literally not on her phone nothing just literally sitting in the car and i got one time i was like liz can you explain this to me i don't understand why you were just in the car for like 10 15 minutes before you came in and then she 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 sent me like a meme or something and it was a picture of a mom in a minivan and it was like you know you're a mom of kids when your safe place is the, the car, is the car. <laughs> yeah. and she was like, I can't explain it, wow. but it is 100% That's so funny. true. Yes. <laughs> I sit in the car every time I come home from D school and Brian waits up for me and he leaves the porch light on and he'll see me pull in and just he'd be like, are, are you coming in? It's 1030. And I'm like, no, I just got to sit in the car for a few minutes. I'm trying to transition from one thing to another. And I need like 10 minutes to process. That's so funny. So yeah, I get it. I think that 
silence and solitude, no matter what, is one of those practices where you do have to be intentional. It's not going to accidentally happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and every season it looks different. And I, I think that it's to be noted that uh, this is something that we constantly, I think it's healthy for all of the practices to be on the forefront of our mind saying, okay, Lord, how does this practice be a rhythm in my life right now? Because things shift, change, mm-hmm. schedules, kids, you name it, and things move and shift around. I felt that just recently we pulled one of our kids uh, out of school to do homeschool for the rest of the year. If you ask him, it's to pursue his YouTube career. If you ask <laughs> us, it's just because he just needed a little space for some stuff that was going on. And... Um, and for me, like having Monday is like my Sabbath day mm-hmm. and having nothing on Monday is magic. Mm-hmm. Like being able to get up, my kids go to school and then it's mm-hmm. quiet in the house <laughs> and I can just sit on the couch and just pray and experience God and sip my coffee and like not have to go anywhere. That space throughout the day puts more in my soul than Mm -hmm. anything that I do, Yeah. right? And then all of a sudden, it's gone because sitting right next to me on the couch is my son, Mm -hmm. right? And I was that first week, I was mad. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, I was frustrated. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a, oh man, what an opportunity that I have to get some some QT with one of my kids. <laughs> you know, I was like, dude, you have really disrupted maybe one of the most enjoyable rhythms of my week. Mm-hmm. And so after I whined and complained for a couple of days, I realized like, all right, this isn't going away. So Lord, what is now my rhythm of achieving these things of getting time just to be with you? And to sit in the quiet and the power of the quiet, I like to use that phrase, and do it while I have kids at home when I used to have the house to myself on Mondays. Mm-hmm. And I had to bust out habits that I learned to do in quarantine, mm-hmm. which was I'm going to go for a walk mm-hmm. and I'm going to leave mm-hmm. my phone and everything in the house and mm-hmm. I'm going to go just walk around. Yeah. You know, and I, I, the reason I say that is like, it's really practical. We, we read these and we talk about these and it can feel like these big at times spiritual things that we do, but some of them are just like, Hey, carve time to go be by yourself yeah. mm-hmm. and work together with your spouse, your partner in crime, right? Like, mm-hmm. Hey, I had to tell Liz, Liz, you got to help me. Like I am I think I'm going to suffocate if I don't get some alone time, mm-hmm. you know, cause when it was taken away from me, I realized the importance of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, was yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, Whoa, I'm really exhausted. Why am I so, why is my soul so mm. tired? Why didn't my soul recover? Like it normally recovers. And I was like, Oh, well I didn't have this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This got taken away or this yeah. changed. Yep. And so we had to work on a plan to together, right. On, on how to do it. And so I think when you have little kids, you got to fight for it. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you have older kids, you have to fight for it too, but it's different. It's mm-hmm. just the, the fight's always changing. I, I just think it's important that you keep it on the forefront. And I, let me say this because sitting around our little podcast table here, 
three introverts, three people that prefer. Well, I would. What am I called? Ambivert. An ambivert. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy being with people. I really do. Mm-hmm. But being with people doesn't necessarily like fill my inner yeah. tank. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So a lot of people don't believe that I'm actually an introvert. You know, they're like, I don't believe it. I'm like, okay, well, thanks for your opinion on me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so thankful for that. Um, But the the deal is is that the three of us have a tendency towards Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being alone. Yeah. Lindsay, I'd love for you to speak just for real briefly. Like, silence and solitude is different than being an introvert. Yes. They are... They're, they are different things. Mm-hmm. How have you seen the difference and being someone who is introverted, how do you make sure that you're leveraging not just your alone time, but that you're practicing silence and solitude? Well, silence and sol- solitude can really only fulfill its purpose if you actually are with others and loving them well. And being in community. Well, that'll preach. So that will preach. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These are two practices, both community and silence and solitude. Community coming this week. That (laughs) yes, that Jesus Jesus had both. Mm -hmm. And so if you were just to live in silence and solitude, silence and solitude would stop being refreshing to you Mm -hmm. because you're like hiding Mm -hmm. from other people. So I would say as an introvert I don't, I will naturally fight for silence and solitude because I need it. Mm-hmm. So really the the thing that I have to keep in check is I am I fighting for community. Wow. So if I'm not fighting for community, then silence and solitude almost stops becoming refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow, that's huge. What a plug for where we're going next week. Yes. What a plug. Wasn't even planned. Sorry. We asked yes. that the Holy Spirit would lead us and he has. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so true. Look, silence and solitude is going to lose its, the purpose of the practice mm-hmm. will be lost if you're actually not practicing living in community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, wow. Wow. Man, that's good. So, hey, let me encourage you. Be at church on Sunday because we're talking about making sure we keep the unity mm-hmm. in community. Come on. Oh, Ooh, man. That was good. You can't you can't spell community without unity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, and so we are uh, going to be talking about the value of community and really in a lot of ways the invitation that we have to see heaven invade earth has a lot to do, not just with our heart position towards God, but our heart position towards one another. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, "What's?" That he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second mm-hmm. is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would encourage you to uh, be there on Sunday. If you're unable to make it, make sure that you uh, listen to it because I do feel this is the last week, guys. This is it. The series closes after this, but I'll say this on Sunday and I'll, I'll say it here. Um, the series ends, but the rhythms never end. Yeah. And um, yeah. we're, we're going to really try to do our best to keep these things in front of all of us, to mm-hmm. keep them in front of our own lives, but but to really make it super easy for the practices 
to be practiced in the life of our church so that people know how to grow, right? Because when the practices are alive in us, transformation will happen to us. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next time.